And welcome back, episode number 93 of the New York Rangers podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside the coach, Beneluga. And today, we are honored to have on former NHL Cup-winning defenseman, Dan Boyle, and as you all know, former Ranger. But first, just want to let you all know to go to insidetherink.com slash ESPN, subscribe to ESPN Plus to watch games and more. And yeah, let's get to it. And welcome back. We're honored to have on Cup-winning all-star defenseman, Dan Boyle. Dan, how's it going? It's going pretty good. I haven't done these one of these in a while, so hopefully the rust is uh, I can shake it off. <laughs> well, you know we, we're not we're going to start off with some easy ones. We're going to kind of go through your career, start in the beginning, and then we're going to kind of make our way towards uh, mm-hmm. your time with the Rangers. But first, we're seeing it more now with Canadians like Kale McCarr and Adam Fantilli. Uh, but it was pretty rare for a Canadian to go to college in the states in the nineties. Uh, a, why did you go to college in the States? And B, why did you choose Miami of Ohio? Uh, at the risk of this being a repetitive topic, um, I was undersized. Uh, so I didn't think I was going to make it to the NHL. I was kind of told uh, playing tier two junior in Ottawa that I was very good. But um, dreams or hopes of playing in the NHL were, were not going to happen. So I figured... Instead of going to the OHL, which I was, you know, I think I was drafted by Oshawa. I figured let's get an education. And at the time, Miami of Ohio, they kind of slipped back now, but they had a very good hockey program. Um, so you, um, I think you were allowed five visits. I went to see Miami, Ohio, Michigan State, and a school close to me called Clarkson. And just fell in love with the school and the program. And again, it was just about getting my education thinking that I was never going to play pro. So um, got a full scholarship, which my parents appreciated, of course. And uh, but that was that was really the idea behind it, because if I thought I had any chance of playing pro at the time, the more direct route was going um, through the OHL. Gotcha. Uh, so actually, both my brothers and my sister are both graduates of Miami. Uh, oh, so- really? I spent a lot of time up in Oxford. Um, there you so go. I have an important question for you. What was your favorite sandwich that used to get a bagel in Delhi? I wasn't a, I'm going to, I wasn't a big, I mean, the bacon and cheese or, but like, I just, I was a Bruno's. There was a pizza place called Bruno's at the yep. time. I was kind of the place we hit up uh, late at night, a little more than, than the, uh, than the bagel in Delhi. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> follow up on that one. Uh, have you been to the new Goggin? Cause obviously you play in the old Goggin arena. Have you been? Yes. To- yeah, I have. Uh, years ago when I was still playing, we were in Nashville. And uh, I, I don't know if my numbers retired. Somehow I went up on the on the wall um, at the rink. So that was my first time seeing it. And I've been back a handful of times since. Um, there's an alumni uh, summer um, weekend every summer. I don't go every summer, but uh, and one of the things we do is we have a we have an old timers game. So um, I've been part of a, a couple of those. So I've actually skated in as well. And it's a tremendous uh, rink uh, compared to the one I skated in, which was not great, but the atmosphere was absolutely phenomenal. But the, the rink itself, uh, the old Goggin arena was, uh, was those definitely not... small locker rooms. I, I yeah, it was. I mean, it was one the, the, the fans were sitting on one side only, but we packed yeah. it. We packed it. It was, a, it was a great atmosphere. Just, just not a great uh, building for capacity. Yeah, for sure. It was pretty good ice, though, the old Goggin. It was good, good nice, hard ice, and it was... It yeah, was because it was small, and it was cold, and uh, yeah. so the ice was good, and again, the atmosphere was great, and that was part of going there. It, was, it wasn't... it uh, was 
it wasn't the biggest school, the biggest campus, but uh, I just, it was just, it was a tremendous four years there. Do you have any uh, interesting stories uh, when John Tortorella was your coach? <laughs> Dude, man, how many hours you got? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I feel, I feel like that's probably like one of the people, we're going to get to another one, but I feel like that's probably one person you got asked about the most probably, right? Uh, yeah, that's one of them. Yeah. I have an idea who the other one is. Um, <laughs> listen, I was there for six years. Uh, when I got to Tampa, Torts didn't have a clue who I was. Um, when I was in Florida, which was the last place in the team or in the league, I was like the seventh defenseman uh, at best. And I come over to Tampa and within a year or two, I think I'm leading not just Tampa, but I'm leading the league in ice time, which is like me and Chara. So I'm forever grateful for the uh, for the Lightning and the coaching staff there um, for giving me the opportunity. And and with Torts, um, I, I, as well documented, not an easy person to play for. Uh, have to have thick skin, which I did. Um, nobody can get in my head as much as I can, so I, I, that that didn't bother me. Uh, but it was definitely a tough love type of thing. Um, but it was everyone. It wasn't just the third liner, fourth liners. I mean, it was, it was equal opportunity for him, for everyone. So um, it, it was kind of, it was kind of bittersweet where sometimes I, I didn't like the way he handled things, but then he'd play me 34 minutes a night. So how, how can I complain about that? So um, there's, there's too many stories. I'm sure you guys have, have, have heard a ton of them, but uh, at the end of the day, I don't think I've ever been more fired up, you know, with a, pregame coaches um, talk as much as I was uh, when Torts got in there. So he was a very good motivator. Um, and, and again, I played so much under him that uh, it's hard to, to complain, even though at times it was certainly difficult. He also gave Martin San Luis a chance and the two of you both, you know, coming from undrafted players and yeah. NHL all-stars. Did you and Marty have a kind of like a special connection being that yes. both kind of, you know, came from the same place. Oh yeah. We, we played against each other, even junior tier two for like a hot minute. He went to Vermont. I went to Miami. Um, so we have very similar career paths. I don't have the personal accolades. I didn't win any personal uh, awards, but both undrafted, both found our way to, to Tampa. Both went from being almost out of the league to playing a ton of minutes to winning a cup, you know, Olympic teams and, and all this stuff that came after. So to this day, um, you know, when Marty comes in town now that he's coaching Montreal, we get together and um, our families were tight. Um, Marty's parents and my parents, uh, Marty's dad now still talks to my parents quite a bit. So we have a very, very similar path. And I think we're cut from the same cloth. I think a lot of guys, there's a lot of great players in the league, but not too many players will have gone through what him and I went through. Um, and so we share that. And uh, there's no, I consider myself the the most competitive person I've ever met, but you know, Marty's kind of right there with me. And and it was, it was awesome to finish our careers together as well. What was your immediate thought when Calgary thought they scored in game six over time? <laughs> uh, obviously, I mean, I, I don't remember how I felt that moment that day. I must've been stunned and shocked, but um, to this day, you know, I run into Calgary fans that keep telling me the goal was in. So, uh, mm -hmm. That's one of the common. Uh, you think the goal was in? No, it wasn't in. It wasn't <laughs> in. It wasn't in. So, uh, but that's definitely one of those things that I get uh, when I run into a Calgary fan that uh, just won't won't let it go. Do you respond to them when they say that hey, that goal went in? What, what do you say to them? 
I, I don't know. I'd probably tell him to F off or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not entertaining it. It didn't go in. Happy made a great save and uh, it wasn't meant to be for them. Yeah. All right. Um, you were traded while you actually had an active no trade con uh, clause in your contract. Yeah. I've often wondered, especially as looking at the Rangers, their salary cap right now, and there's a lot of people with no move and no trade uh, clauses. Yeah. What does that conversation sound like when they ask you to waive something that's in your contract? Mine was a very special, uh, a very specific situation. Uh, there are new owners that came in um, that lasted two years. I mean, that that whole ownership group was an absolute debacle. So um, I, I know sometimes how things come across in the media when the media hasn't spoken to you. So I, I have to choose my words carefully. But um, yeah, at first, you know, I had was ready to raise a family. I signed a six-year deal. I'm totally ready to go. Yeah. At first I'm like, hell no, I'm not, I'm not moving that, you know, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I signed to be here. We had won a cup. There was a lot of guys that I grew up with and I wanted to be there. So at first it was like a no. And then eventually, you know, I went through a lot of stuff here, but you know, being lied to and those kind of things that obviously rubbed me the wrong way. I think honesty is, is, Listen, everyone says, well, if Wayne Gretzky can get traded, anyone can get traded. No kidding, obviously. But it was yeah. just it was just kind of the behind the scenes, the being lied to, uh, that kind of stuff got to me. So eventually I reached a point where I'm like, I don't want to be part of these guys. Not not my teammates, but um, the new ownership group. And gotcha. it just that's when you make that decision, which I did, then you look at where you want where you want to end up. And you know, most guys want to win. So that's part of the deal. Or unless you're a younger guy that just is looking for an opportunity, it might be somewhere else. But for me, I was established at that point. I wanted a, an opportunity to win, wanted to live in a great area, which I am still living here to this day in California, um, and be surrounded by good players and good teammates, which I had and was. So um, that's kind of, that's kind of how it went for me. But um you want to go to somewhere that you're wanted and welcome and, and needed, I guess. Speaking about one of those players that you joined in San Jose, I there's lore around Joe Thornton. He's just <laughs> like such an like, enigmatic character in NHL history yeah. the past 20 years. You got any uh, famous Joe Joe Thornton stories? Again, too, too many. Played him for six years. Uh, Joe is like a and I say this uh, kindly, he's, he's like a, 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 a big child. Like uh, the guy wanted to be at the rink all the time, always wanted to be with, you know, his teammates. Um, there was a rule back in the day where you, and, and when you traveled, you would share a room. And then after you played 600 games, you would get your own room. And Joe, I don't think ever had his own room ever. He always wanted to be with one of the teammates. <laughs> Uh, he would go to guys' rooms and he would order. I remember a, a Jason Demers, who was a young guy, uh, defenseman. He would go to Jason's room, order room service, turn on a movie and like fall asleep. And Demers would be like, <laughs> I mean, Joe's in my bed. What the hell, man? But those are like the little stories that, you know, he, he was uh, he was one of those guys that liked to be around the rink and, and certainly liked to be around his teammates. And uh, obviously he did everything but but win a cup. But uh, his, his on-ice accolades are you know, they speak for themselves. Yeah, they do. Despite winning a president's trophy, a lot of people forget that in your first year, Hank got injured. You see, uh, you know, everyone playing a different style, a different way after uh, when Talbot came in. You're talking about New York now. 
I'm sorry. Uh, transitioning yeah, yeah. transitioning yeah, no, to transition. New York. Uh, I, I remember that first, my first year in New York, I, I broke my thumb in like a, one of the first games. And, um, but that's as good as, I mean, I won the, I won the cup in Tampa. I played with some tremendous teams in San Jose, but um, that president trophy team in New York, uh, I would put up against any of the teams that I played with. We had a, I thought our team was tremendous. And um, I, I, I just remember the whole year being great. I don't remember specific, like when Talbot came in, which Talbot is a great guy, a uh, good friend of mine and, you know, a tremendous goalie to play for. So I just remember that team being really, really, really good. And, uh, you know, we fell short in game seven, but um, that was a very, very good hockey team that year. Do you feel like it's different playing with a goalie like Talbot behind you versus knowing that you have a goalie like Hank behind you? Like as a defenseman, do you, do you think differently? Do you play the game at all differently at all? Um, I, I don't think so. I think that's something that's overrated. I think the one thing that changes is if a goalie plays the puck more. Um, wow. That's where if a guy has, you know, I've played with like Mike Smith, for example, um, you know, you play that a, di a little differently, but when it comes to on ice, um, there are very little adjustments. Goalies, they, they, they want you to take away the, the they want to see the puck. They want you to take away the sticks and uh, that's it. You know, some goalies will leave out a few more rebounds than others, but I don't think uh, my job was overly different depending on who's playing with the exception of a goalie that plays the puck uh, more. You tend to maybe not get back or open up for him more if, if he plays the puck more. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, in your career, you won a Stanley Cup. Uh, congrats on that, by the way. Uh, Thank you. That's that's got to be a great feeling. Uh, yeah. But you also were on two teams that won, you know, the President's Trophy as well. Uh, in your opinion, what is the difference between the team that wins the Cup and the team that doesn't? Playing really well at the right time. Um, I think it's always one thing. And, and in San Jose, the six years I was here, I think we were a legit Cup contender for four of them. You know, one year the goaltending might have not been as good as needed. Uh, one year might have been the forwards. One year might have been us defensemen. Another year might have been special teams. There was always something missing. And I think when you win the cup, you have to have – be playing your best hockey and and you have to have some hot guys. Like in Tampa, I remember Rich Brad Richards, you know, scored some huge goals for us. We had Marty. We had Vinny. We had – you know, we had a lot of – and Javi Bulin was fantastic. We just kind of had everything – um for four rounds um you know that first or i would say a couple of president's trophies just there was something missing um you know I, not that i could put my finger on it right now but um you just have to do it for four rounds and uh that's that's tough to do and and stay healthy stay healthy right sure. i mean in new york uh, we lost zuccarello which was a huge piece he got hit in the head and who knows i mean he was a big part big part of the engine and uh I think we our offense dried up in that Tampa series and, you know, having him in there um, maybe makes a difference. I don't know. That was actually something we were going to ask you about was if he thinks he doesn't get hit in the head. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, obviously Tampa fans are going to say, wow, wow. But yeah, I, I, I do. I, I, I think um, our offense dried up in that series. And uh, I think having Zook would have, he was such a big part of our, our offense and, so creative. Um, I think, I think that might've uh, put us over the top for sure. In 2015, Ovechkin guaranteed that they'd win game seven 
first you guys what were the thoughts in the locker room before <laughs> uh yeah I, I don't i don't i i played long enough not to uh worry about that stuff or or give it any thought you know maybe it was maybe the coach put something on the board i don't i honestly don't even remember i i don't Mark Messier did it famously years ago, and there's been guys that have done it since. And some have some have come out on the right side, some haven't. Uh, it's not anything that uh, I gave it too much thought about, to be honest with you. Uh, speaking of game sevens, I've always wondered, as a defenseman, what is your mentality when you're playing in a game seven overtime? Is there a tendency to want to tighten up and play it safe, or are you trying to put you trying to end it as fast as you can? It, it's 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 tough i mean um how do, how can i answer i think depending on your position on the team depending on where you're at in your career depending on how you're feeling that night uh, i've had game sevens where i maybe wasn't at my best and those are the ones where you kind of keep it simple um and i've had game sevens where i'm like give me the damn puck like give me the damn puck and i'm and i'm jumping in the play and i'm i'm trying to win this game so I think it all depends on where you are that night, where you are on the team, your position. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been on kind of all sides of it where uh, I've been a little more cautious and I've also been, Hey, give me the damn puck and I'm going to go win this thing. So mm. you think one works better than the other. Do I think one is better than the other? Yeah. I yeah. want to be, I, 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 for the majority of my career, I wanted the puck. Um, I would much rather to use a baseball analogy, I'd rather swing and go out that way than, than to watch a, a third ball, um, go down the middle for a strike. Um, I'd rather, I'd rather swing the bat. So, um, I, I would prefer to go out trying to win than trying not to lose. You, you talked about how the offense dried up in that Tampa series a little bit, uh, what is it like playing against a massive goalie like Ben Bishop? Because he is just huge. Uh, yeah, there's 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 not as much room to shoot. Um, I I have a great picture here. I don't I don't know where it is, but there was one in the All Star game against Hank. I was actually with San Jose, uh, and I'm coming in. Um, it's an over the shoulder shot uh, of me about to shoot on Hank in an All Star game there's there's not even an inch of net, right? And Hank's not the biggest guy, but if a goalie plays his angle well and the bigger they are, there are some angles on the ice where you, you're you not, unless he moves, unless he moves, you're not putting the puck in the net. It's mm. physically impossible. So um, that's where, you know, big goalies have an advantage, I think, and that's why guys shoot for tips, you know, and, and, and having guys in front of the net where puck can go off their their backs, their legs, their whatever. That's kind of what you need, especially with the bigger goalies. Any interesting stories from the 14-15 season that come to mind? I just remember having a really good team. I mean, uh, I, I got to the team for me, um, which was different. I think when you get to a team that is not doing really well, you you can get – you your the mentality is to go in there and I'm going to change things up and this is what I'm going to do. I – I came to a New York Rangers team that was in the finals the year before. So I had to kind of find my place um, within the team. And, and, uh, and I just, I just remember not loving, you know, my 
position or maybe what was asked of me and the way I wanted to play. But I, I do remember, it's not an interesting story. It's just, I just remember the guys and uh, the locker room. And I, I felt we had a great locker room, um, trainers included. I just thought it was a gr really good group of players that um, really enjoyed uh, being with that year. It was, it was a really fun year to play hockey for the most part. You know, one of those key players of that team, obviously, is is, is uh, Henrik Lundqvist. Um, he said that he admits that he's been a bit hot-headed, um, especially with his defensemen sometimes when they're not playing the way that he wants them to play. Um, what was it like defending in front of Hank? Did you ever get on his bad side at all? Did you ever face any of that, uh, uh, his, his, his tongue lashing at all? It, I'm sure I was. I honestly don't remember because I, I don't – I understand guys are passionate and uh, – I, I don't, uh, you know, you, you want to listen to your goalie and like I said, what he wants, what he needs. But at the end of the day, um, I've got a job to do. Uh, I'm doing what I can. Um, you know, you have coaches that want you to play a certain way and you got to listen to what they want. So um, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure. I mean, I, I feel like, yeah, Hank was pretty vocal sometimes and, and as defensemen, we don't necessarily want to get blamed. Um, but it's water under the bridge as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I don't remember anything in particular. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, so we each got one question left. Um, mine, you know, Hank has talked a lot about uh, he he's did this wine club thing. So whenever he would get a shutout, he would give out a bottle of wine. Yeah. When the Hank's wine club? Again, I don't remember. I, I don't know. I, I remember him giving out wine. Uh I don't remember anything specific and I apologize. I wish I could be more interesting. Oh no, but you're I, good. I do remember him giving out wine after every shutout, but I don't exactly remember specifics of it. Sorry. Why did you choose uh the Rangers over the Islanders after they acquired uh your rights? Yeah. Uh well, again, it, I was never going to the Islanders, so it was that was not really, you know, that was the, the trade that whole thing was kind of out of my control, but no, I mean, I, I chose the Rangers for a, again, you always want a chance to win at the end of your career. And I felt this was a good opportunity. B Marty was a big part of that. Uh, Marty being there, I felt us, you know, reconnecting, reuniting, uh, you know, we fell short, but I, I thought it would be a, a fitting way to end his career. And, and I know I was nearing the end of mine. Um, so, you know, I knew I was going to a competitive team. Uh, and then third was probably just, I, as much as I, I mean, I, I played in Florida, I played in Tampa, I played in San Jose, all great destinations. I had never played in a quote unquote traditional hockey market. And I just wanted that experience. And, um, New York, uh, was definitely one of those places that kind of fit the bill for everything I was looking for. I mean, this is a Rangers podcast, so feel free to slander the Islanders as an organization <laughs> or team all you want. It's fine. You know I mean? <laughs> it, it honestly was before they started to turn it around, too. So yeah, I, really I completely yeah. understand that. Yeah. It just, yeah, it just, they were going through their rink situation at the time. I think they had just yeah. moved to Barkley or, yeah, it just, it wasn't, had they been a better team, had the situation, you know what I mean? Things could have been different, but uh, yeah, at, at the time and that in that particular situation, that was just not the place for me. Gotcha. Uh, so my last question here, uh, sure you probably know it's coming. Uh, you famously had a run in with Larry Brooks. Yep. Um, and I know you get asked about it a lot. <laughs> That's um, the one thing I'm really curious about is, uh, uh, you know, cause we've watched that. I've watched that video many times. Uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, it is hilarious. Um, you know, it is cause it's a great single. 
uh, a player stand up for himself, especially if somebody's getting badgered. Um, yeah. But what I'm curious about is if you had any further interactions with him after that, or was it like you were completely done with him and it was over and that was it? Yeah, uh, I have been asked that a lot. Uh, I have not had any run-ins with him. Uh, and I want to make it clear. I, I don't regret at all what I said. Um, I don't know Larry, the husband, the dad, the brother, the friend might be a nice person. Uh, I thought he was a terrible reporter. Um, and what I mean by that is, um, it always, A, after that happened, I think I was, I had, I did one podcast or something a few weeks later and I got so many calls from players, ex-players and people. I felt bad for half an hour on the drive home. I felt bad, but there were so many people, numbers I didn't know, people I didn't know that were texting me and thanking me for doing what they wish they could have done. So mm -hmm. that speaks volumes because it shouldn't be that way. Reporters have a job. They're supposed to report the game. I was there for two years. I saw a lot year one and year two. I was a scapegoat. When I'm not on the ice, there was a game in Boston where I got trashed. I wasn't even on the ice for a goal. And big article about how, you know, uh, you know th that kind of reporting is terrible. You yeah. know, I also remember year two, we started off six or seven and oh, and on a Saturday morning, the full page article is how boiled, like boiled over. It was a play on words that I was finished. Um, wait till we lose a game. Like it was just <laughs> terrible reporting. And it's almost like belongs in like the inquirer, like trashy reporting. And like I said, he might be a nice man. I don't know him in that way. But as far as the way he covered us and the way he covered me, it was absolute garbage. And I wouldn't have gotten the phone calls and the emails and <laughs> a lot of great feedback from a lot of people in the Ranger organization because it's just it's just not the right way to cover a game. You you can get on guys when they're not working hard. Um, by all means, if somebody makes a mistake, call it out. But don't go out of your way to to throw someone on the bus for maybe a a read that he's told to make or 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 something that he's got nothing to do with. Don't go out of your way just because you got a personal beef. And uh, yeah, I uh, I knew I knew the question was coming, and I just want to make sure that. I stand by it. I do it again. I know my teammates stood up for me that night when we met and um, I, I haven't been paying attention as, as far as how he's handled things moving forward. I, I hope he's gotten better and maybe he hasn't played for 18 years. I, I've never had run-ins with any reporters. I think they play a part in, 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 in our lives and our jobs and, and most of them do it right. But I, I think when you're covering a team, I think, you play a small part and he created what I consider locker room cancer. Mm. Um, you know, guys say they don't read the articles, but some guys do, or their parents do, or their friends do. And uh, it is negative cancer attitude that gets in the locker room. And I freaking I hated it. I hated it. Mm. I, I really appreciate you going into that. And for the record, yeah, I, I personally, I love when a player, stands up for themselves and doesn't just do the the kind of the by road. I'm not going to really give you an answer, move along sort of thing. Yeah. I like it when a guy shows his personality and also shows like, hey, I'm done. I'm not going to put up with this. Anymore. Well, those, again, those guys were all, I knew I was retiring. Those guys are all gagged. They can't say it because they're going to hear about it. And, you know, and 
again. You felt more free to speak because you knew. I was free to speak because I knew I wasn't coming back. And like I said, I mean, if, if one of the greatest moments in my life was, was the feedback that I got from my teammates and ex-players and ex-teammates, um, it was an overwhelming amount of thank yous. And I wish I could have had basically the balls to, to do that because it's not, it's not right. It's not right. It's, it's not right the way he attacks certain players. And, and again, don't know the person uh, as a man. So he may be a very nice guy, but um, I think he's, I think he was very cancerous, at least for the two years that I was there with, uh, with a lot of our players that didn't deserve it. So final question for me here. In, obviously in 2015, you guys came back from three to one, you know, one minute left from being eliminated. And then all of a sudden, uh, Derek Stepan yeah. wins it in overtime in game seven. What's the mindset or the mentality? You're down three to one. Is it game by game, you know? You're, you're, I mean, you're really playing. Yeah, it's definitely game by game. You never want to look ahead. Those are cliches, you know. Um, you want to take it a step further, or period by period or shift by shift. I think going back to wanting players that want to make a difference, not being afraid to, uh, to make a mistake. And, and sometimes you do, and sometimes you end up on the short end of it. But um, going back to my Tampa years, I'm not big on the, the sayings and the wall quotes and all that, you know, most of them are, but in Tampa, we had one, which was called safe was safe as death, um, which was basically us just let's let safe as death. Don't play safe. Mm. And, um, I think, you know, we had it, we had a, we had a good, we had a really good group. I mean, that was a really good group of players, um, that came, we came short, we came up short, but, um, yeah, I remember that series. It was a, you know, it was a huge comeback, but you just, you never give up. You don't give up. doesn't matter if it's three, one, I never, I've never given up a day in my life. I've been down four or five, nothing in games. And I still call me crazy. I still think we can come back. You know what I mean? Like I've always had the mentality where, no, we can come back. We can come back. So um, I believe that team had that mentality as well. Dan, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we right. really appreciate it. And uh, take care. All right, guys. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, Dan. Appreciate All right, it. Thanks, guys. Take it easy.